Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, welcome to the Keeping It 100 radio segment, Empowered Voices. I'm Valeria Garcia, certified health coach, type 1 diabetic, women's wellness coach and mentor inside Needles and Spoons, and alumni of our signature program, Keeping It 100. Inside this segment, I hold space and interview individuals, leaders, and supporters from the T1D community to share their story, journey, experiences, and wisdom to empower, inspire, and share their light. To find these conversations live, join us inside the T1D Judgment-Free Zone Facebook group. Cloud, so go to listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keeping It 100 radio. This is Empowered Voices with Valeria Garcia. And today we have a very, very special guest. She is one of our past clients, and she is from Central America and one of our really, really dear friends that we love so much. So we're so excited to have her here today. And she's going to tell us a little bit about her journey as a diabetic, what access has looked like, what support has looked like, and where she is now with her diabetes journey. So welcome, our lovely friend. Hi, thank you. So let us know about you and where you live and what you love and how many years you've had diabetes. Okay, so um, I live in Central America and I was diagnosed, I think, in early 2017, but I didn't need insulin until 2018. I was misdiagnosed at first with um, pre-diabetes leading to type 2. But then uh, medication and weight loss and everything that I was prescribed didn't uh, help at all. So then I was told that it was a um, lot of diabetes, um, so late onset uh, diabetes in adults. So I started insulin, I think, March 2018, and I've been on it um, ever since. Well, I that was long acting insulin or basal insulin. I started fast acting insulin last year. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So since like 2018, but were you diagnosed then in 2018, that same year? Um with the right diagnosis, yes. Because uh before that they were just saying it was uh type two because I was overweight or like it was like a metabolic thing or something. But then uh when I lost weight, I went back and the levels were even worse. So it was definitely not my weight, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny because literally yesterday I was telling someone like a similar story because I was diagnosed as an adult. And I was in another country. I was in Costa Rica. And they said, in Costa Rica, they're like, yes, you have type 1 diabetes. Then I came back to America. And my doctors were like, no way. You have type 2 diabetes. You're an adult. You're 23 years old. There's no way that you have type 1. And I was like, all right. So someone tell me what's going on here. And it was like really hard to hear that. You know, it was frustrating. I was like, okay, no one knows what my diagnosis is. So, you know, like, what the hell am I doing? Um, But Eventually, I went to another endocrinologist to get like 
more blood work done and more labs. And they were like, yes, 100%, you are a type 1 diabetic. And they did say, like, we're seeing more now that adults or young adults are being diagnosed. So interesting how that happened to you, too. Yeah, uh, they they didn't think I I was going to be insulin dependent as well because of my age. I was 22 when I first got um, the pre-diabetic diagnosis. But then they were like, no, you know what? We were wrong. We can see now the pills are not doing anything. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know, it's it's frustrating because you just want to feel better. And they give you the treatment at first and you're like, this is not working. So why am I trying so hard but well in the end I got the right diagnosis and now I'm on insulin and that's that's a lot better that's good um so what was that like for you being diagnosed with this diagnosis as like a young adult so at first it was really rough I didn't know anyone who shared this uh diagnosis with me um in my country, like I know one other type one diabetic in the whole country. I, I don't know if there are, well, there must be any more. There must be more, but I don't know. I've looked like I'm constantly searching the hashtags or something to see if I can connect with anyone, but I haven't found anyone yet. Um, and I just felt really alone. It was, it was frustrating. And then there's a lot of taboos and misconceptions in this country. And most of Latin America thinks that if you're diabetic, it's because you're fat, because you eat too much candy, because you don't eat well, or, um, you know, all this people, or, or they think that you can get cured with cinnamon tea or some magic leaves and stuff. So, yeah, it was tough. Oh, yeah. I feel like <laughs> that's so funny because in my own family, <laughs> It was the same. I mean, people were like, drink cinnamon water every day. Or I was in Peru for a little bit and they were like, okay, you're going to get these leaves. You're going to boil them in water, drink it every day. And your diabetes is going to go away, you know? Yeah. And it's hard when you're first diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard, right? Because you're like, okay, one, I feel alone because I don't know other people, especially my age that are living with this. And then two, I'm trying to navigate this whole world while everyone around me, there's like all this stigma, there's misconception, people are judging me. And so you just feel like you want to curl in a ball. And I totally felt like that. Yeah. And like people go like, uh, you can't eat this. You can't go there. You, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh my God, just let me live. It's, it's so weird because it, it is a condition, but you can be totally healthy with it. So it's, it's complicated. And uh, when there's a lack of education in the population, I feel that adds more to the burden. And we definitely don't need it <laughs> because you have enough, like navigating uh, what to eat or how to dose or how to get everything that you need or um, just supplies and stuff. And then on top of it all, um, you know, add all the stigma, stigma that people give to their condition. So yeah, actually for years, I didn't disclose my, my diagnosis with like anyone, like my mom knew my husband that at the time was my boyfriend knew, but that would be in, uh, to this point, um, the people where I work don't know about my condition because, uh, with COVID 
the stigma got even worse. Like I was looking for a job during the pandemic. And if you have COVID, um, I'm sorry, if you had like any conditions, pre-existing conditions, like high blood pressure, diabetes, or anything to do with your kidneys or hormonal imbalances, they would not hire you. Like you have, you had to fill this huge survey asking about your medical history and they would claim that it was because of your own safety. But in the end, you knew that if you clicked all those boxes, you were not going to get the job. So that was a stigma, you know, because I could be healthier than many of the people that they did hired, but that maybe they didn't have, you know, healthy habits and stuff. So um, that cultural aspect of it was tough. And to this day, it's still there. I'm just canceling the noise, but it's still there. Like, I don't disclose at work that I have diabetes or that I need to, you know, uh, inject before meals or stuff. They just don't know. I just disappear and eat on my own. (laughs) But I don't tell uh, people at work or like, you know, if there's, strangers or new friends uh, I need to they need to be like in my inner circle for me to disclose that I am a type 1 diabetic wow that makes me so sad and (laughs) I got like chills all over my body um wow and I think that's definitely a piece that I don't know personally if I've ever felt like afraid to disclose at a job. I think sometimes I had a choice, but it sounds like you almost don't have a choice to share or not because it can determine whether you're going to have a job or not. And that's like a scary spot to be in. So, yeah, you know, how is that navigating work with diabetes? What does that look like for you? So, um, it's interesting like I'm always carrying um my my glucose tabs in case I need them and uh or candy or snacks I work in scrubs so I have so many pockets (laughs) nobody can see that I am carrying uh, all these cookies and candies but it's tough uh for instance if my coworkers want to go for lunch I joined them afterwards when I already ate that kind of stuff. Or uh, the toughest part would be when they want to extend a meeting. Like they start meeting at 11 and they wanted to last like at, until one. And I know I have to step out and, you know, uh, pre-bolos or eat or else I'm going to go low. So it's definitely challenging. Um, I have to work around it. But um, the alternative is, you know, disclosing it. And uh, I'm pretty sure at this point, there's nothing they can do about it. But um, I'm, I'm afraid it might jeopardize, you know, my, my position in the company or, or something like that. So I would rather not because they're going to tell you that they have these policies and that they don't discriminate or whatnot. But, you know, that it, it completely puts you in the other pile. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. So I feel like your diabetes prepare, <laughs> preparing probably looks a lot different than most people because you're having to like think about those other challenges just within like your day-to-day workday. And that's hard. Wow. It definitely so, makes me plan ahead a lot more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like, yeah, you're going to have to you have all your secret pockets with 
your snacks and everything you need. But I'm glad that you're able to have those pockets to have your snacks so that you can feel, you know, secure. Um, Do you have like at least one friend at work that knows you have diabetes? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I have one person that knows. And uh, if I need to, you know, uh, inject or something, I just text her and it goes like, please cover for me. And then uh, she will give me like space. Uh, She's a physician. So I think she, she understands and um so she covers my back like if i need to go um hide or something or i'm just not feeling okay uh, i text her and she's like okay uh just tell me who's asking for you and then she goes and covers me that's good i feel like that probably gives you like some sense of like freedom a little bit just to know like if something does happen you have eyes on you (laughs) yeah safety so that's good (laughs) I was like uh we need to get you a buddy at work at least um (laughs) yeah yeah I'm like you need to have that um okay and so tell us more about like what living with diabetes in Central America looks like for you and like what your reality has been because you know we talk a lot in the diabetes community about access right and access looks different for so many people depending on where you live, if you have health insurance, if you don't have health insurance, Mm -hmm. um, you know, wherever you are in the world, it's going to look really different. And then individually, right. We all have our own challenges just within our own lives. Um, so let us know what access for supplies, medication, physicians, technology has looked like in your day to day. All right. So access to technology is little to none. I've been trying for years to get my hands on a CGM and it's it's very uphill and I haven't found uh, how to to do that. I know there are some countries that sell them like uh, I know they're available in Mexico and Panama. I know that Costa Rica just got one, but um, they're very limited in how you can get them like you may need a prescription or in order to chip them in, you need certain um, like customs forms because it's technology that's for healthcare. So it needs like certain permits. So CGMs are no, no. And uh, pumps, I have not found an available pump either. Um, I would love to loop somehow, but it's not uh, possible. I, I don't have access to that. Um, I also, um, you know, going through the diabetic uh, online community, I, I love to see people with their palms, with their CDMs, or with their Bluetooth uh, pens that they track the last time you injected, how much, and if it all went through. Um, that's like the ultimate dream for me, like the in pen or, or maybe a loop system. But uh, so far, no luck. So, yeah, um, if anyone's... <laughs> traveling uh bring a lot of supplies because you can't get spares here (laughs) um but on the other hand access to insulin is not limited i do not need a prescription to buy insulin i can buy it in every single pharmacy or drugstore in the country uh no one's gonna ask me why why i want it or what i need it for (laughs) it's not regulated just show up and you say the name of the insulin that you want and it can be a pen, it can be a vial. Um, we have all these choices. And there's like a vasal um, rapid acting. Uh, we also have NPH. So I, I've, I've gone through the, um, like 
the catalogs online for the drugstores because I only buy like the one I was prescribed, but I was curious one day and I just saw that there's like so many brands and so many names and so many different types. So I guess that would be the positive side of where I am because it's not controlled, I would say. And also um, the doctors don't even put your, your dosing in the prescription because you took out a prescription for, you know, whatever history records, whatever, but I don't need to present that into to the drugstore. So they give it to me. And if I run out of insulin or if I break it or I lose it, I could just, you know, drive and get a new one. I don't need anyone's permission or order or signature or anything. I can just drive up there and I have insulin, all the insulin that I want. Yeah, that's so interesting. I know we were talking a little bit before this on like how access looks so different because there's different challenges and different barriers that definitely present. And yeah, I remembered that when I knew I was going to be traveling in Central America, I was like, how do I know what I need to bring and how much? And I didn't know. And at the time I was using MDI. So I was like, okay, I need a whole backpack with like needles and strips and lancets. I need everything. And the one thing that was really nice, like you said, though, was being able to walk into any pharmacy and pick up the insulin that I needed. That was really nice. Um, because yes, that's definitely one of the most important pieces that we need amongst all of the others, right? Yeah. Um, so what does like your insulin therapy look like now? And where do you, how do you get your specific supplies that you like or that have worked for you so far? So um, I first started just doing basal uh, uh, insulin um, in the morning. And that lasted for up to four years. And then uh, the doctor prescribed um, fast acting for uh, bolusing before meals and corrections. Um, because she said I was now at that stage. So I get um, my insulin pretty easily, as previously discussed. But the supplies are not as easy. For instance, um, there are a lot more meters now. But when I first started... Uh, you know, needing to measure, there were like three options. So I didn't like any of them. <laughs> so it was very frustrating to me to, to have to stick to what was available because I didn't feel that it worked for me or maybe it was so expensive. Um, I don't know the ranges in the US, but it was like $30 for a uh, bottle of 50 strips. And I thought that was like outrageous. <laughs> it's like, how much can that last? Like 10 days at the most, right? Yeah. And I feel like, yeah. And every day, you know, some days you may like check your blood sugar three times versus like seven times, you know? Yeah. So it really does put that barrier of like, how often can I see what's really going on here? If I'm in fear that I have to go buy more and it yeah. might not be affordable for me right now. Yeah, there was a point in which I had to I had to stick to four uh, strips a day because that was as much as I could afford. And it was frustrating. And being frustrated and stressed over how many strips a day I had made me need more strips than the four strips I had per day. And it was this vicious cycle because I didn't have the freedom. And I was also learning. And how am I going to learn if I can't see, if I can't, you know, trace the pattern? So... It was tough, but then um, 
then was there was this situation where uh the pen needles were getting super expensive as it was like half a dollar for one pen needle and it was just too much and then uh, my husband at the time he was my boyfriend he was like you know what let's try to find this online maybe we can chip it in so he went uh, into amazon and he bought like a box of 100 uh, pen needles and it was like seven (laughs) dollars and he gifted it to me and it was amazing because i i now had like all of my needles and uh we realized that we could ship them in with no problem there was no issues in customs there was no issues with amazon delivering so um we started trying different brands and in the end i stuck with one and that's those are the needles that i buy all the time and uh it started with the pen needles and then i found other supplies that i could buy online so my meter and my strips and everything that I used for my management, um, I mostly buy it online in US-based stores. And then I have them shipped to me. And it's way, way cheaper. Like I spend 40% of what I used to spend when buying supplies locally. And that has helped me a lot. It has given me a lot of peace of mind and it gives me freedom because now I'm not limited. I know that if I ran out of strips, I, I can just order more and it's not going to be this huge toll in my finances because I, well, I need them to survive, but it's not as expensive as buying it here where the choices are limited and it's very expensive. So finding out that I can ship all of those things here uh, gave me a lot of freedom in how to manage. And also, uh, you know, like the algorithm picks up, like if, if you're on Amazon and you buy pen needles or a meter or this or the other. So it's very, suggesting stuff so that's how i was able to you know compare different products and trying out different things so that's how i ended up you know getting all my my stock of supplies and things that i feel comfortable using yeah wow it's so crazy to hear that because i feel like you and your husband definitely navigated that like one on your own it wasn't like you're medical professional said like, Hey, you can actually get these cheaper, you know, Mm -hmm. if you ship them from another country. And then I always think about, you know, not everyone has access to the internet or speaks English, you know, so that might be another barrier. And I think there's so, I think there's two ends of like, you know, everything, right. There's so much education out there. There's so much technology, there's so many options, but if we don't know about them, like how do we even start navigating that? So I'm so happy that you and your husband were able to do that together and find what works for you because I can only imagine how overwhelming that felt in those moments of like, what am I going to do? Yeah, it's it adds a lot to the pressure of trying to manage when you have limited ways to manage. Like there are days, like you said, where four strips a day, it's perfect. But if you have a cold or, you know, uh us women, we have these cycles that not necessarily behave the whole month. So there are tougher days that we need to keep uh, closer tabs on our levels. So yeah, it was, I'm glad as well that we were able to work around that. That's good. Yeah. Um, and I think this is good too, because some people may be listening to this in countries where they might not have similar access to maybe I have here in the US. So it's good for them to just hear that there are options because I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I honestly didn't know that Amazon would ship something to another country. 
maybe everyone knows that, but I didn't know. Oh that. no, so, um, I don't think they do. It's um, Amazon cannot ship certain things. I I I use a freight forwarding service, so um, I I have like this. It's like a PO box thingy, but it's not that. So it has my name and it's a US address, and that's where Amazon or FedEx or whoever is going to deliver to. And the address is for my freight forwarding services. And then they get it. And with my name, they make it come to me. But uh, no, Amazon very rarely uh, ships outside of the US at, at you know uh, reasonable prices. Because if I needed Amazon to ship that to me, it would be like $80 for a small package just because it's so far away. But um, there are ways. So, you know, the moral of all of this is that there are ways to get stuff to you, even if it's not available in your country. Yeah, no. Wow. This is like so awesome. And I'm just like impressed that you were able to like navigate all this. I think, you know, it's, you know, you're very savvy in everything you do. And I think it's just like impressive. I'm like, dang, <laughs> I honestly did. I would, I was like thinking, I was like, would I know where to start to navigate something like that, you know? And I'm just like so happy that you've been able to get to the space where you're at now. It's really great. So with, you know, learning more about what access looks like for you, I'm, I mean, we're all curious to know, like what has support look like from you, from family, from medical professionals, from outside sources? Like what does support look like, you know, from that beginning stages of first getting diagnosed to then where you are today? Okay, so hands down, the best ever support is keeping it 100 and needles and spoons. (laughs) Uh, Like the best Um, because it's it's different from every angle. Like, okay, so starting with my physician, um, she gives me set values per meal, not... Uh, how can I say not the the carbs or the protein or the fiber is not what she takes into account. She goes like for breakfast, do this for lunch, do this. And for dinner, do that. And that's scary because I know thanks to keeping it 100, I know about carb counts. I know about the effects of fiber in my meals and everything. So it, it makes me really scared that she has this set values for my meals. And if I didn't know better, um, what could happen? Like I could go extremely low if I'm having a salad and she's having me, you know, bowls for 80 grams of carbs or something like that. And my salad's vegan, maybe. So that's pretty scary. And I, I feel like support could be better. I feel like the physicians here could... Um, find new tools or find new ways of management, but uh, they are set in their ways and that's how they work. Uh, Family-wise, I do have a lot of support from some family members, but for mothers, it's just like, why are you injecting? Just have a tea or just don't eat the bread, just eat the chicken. (laughs) And that way you won't need insulin. So, you know, the education uh, is still uh, an obstacle. (laughs) because they they're set in their ways just like my doctor with her set values of you know bolusing but um i'm grateful for my doctor because she's here she's able to treat me 
And for those in my family that don't understand much, but they're like, do you have your supplies? Because I have a little bag where I carry everything. And I was like, if I arrive and they didn't see it, I was like, oh my God, where's your little black bag with all your needles? So they, they are, you know, um, they have it in mind. They do know I need it. They might not understand it, but they want me to be okay. And uh, my husband's my biggest supporter. He knows all of my management. I mean, he could take over if I break my arm or something. So that's amazing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> He's the best. Aww. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it really sounds like in the beginning, you were kind of handed your diagnosis and just kind of had to figure it out from there. Right. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I think that's, part of like an evolving journey, right? I feel like I definitely felt like that too in the beginning. I just, yeah, I didn't know anything. <laughs> I was just in the dark standing with this diagnosis, like what is happening? Um, okay. And so, you know, you had your family, you had supporters in your family, you definitely had access to medical professionals. And then how did you find keeping it 100? How did you find needles and spoons? Um, you know, like what encouraged you to start looking at other spaces for support? That's really funny. Um, I, I was, I subscribed to the Mayavedic newsletter because I really loved like her products and stuff. She was hosting something like diabetic or Mayavedic awards. I don't know. Uh, so there was this girl that um that I saw in the nominations and I saw her video and I was like oh my gosh she sounds so cool so I want to vote for her and um you had to go on Instagram to vote for her and she would get like um I don't know I don't know if it was with likes or whatever but you had to go on Instagram and enter a page and something and you know the algorithm picks up really quick so as soon as I clicked on her uh, many other diabetic influencers, so to speak, start showing up. And I went into the rabbit hole. Like I saw one and I saw the other and I saw the other. And I was like, where have all these people been <laughs> this whole time? Like, I didn't know people would show their diabetes online. Like I, I'm, I'm here hiding mine as much as I, I can. Nobody at work knows. And then there's all of these people just um, posting stories and, and competing and, and entering this awards thing. And I'm like, wow, I was amazed that it existed. I didn't even know. And then I, I started following uh, all of the, the ones that you know, seemed interesting to me <laughs> with the, as much as they were showing up. And then the one that most resonated with me was uh, Keeping It 100 and Lisi with her stories and how to advocate for yourself and and how to take control of your management and how there are, are ways to do everything and have freedom with diabetes. And then uh, the pandemic hit <laughs> and I would live for her stories. Like she would just post all this uh, content that really resonated with me. So uh, when she opened her enrollment, I think it was in December, I, I just went for it. <laughs> That's awesome. I I kind of felt similar. Like I didn't know there was this like online presence or like online diabetes community. So when I found it, I was like, 
what? Yeah. Uh, same thing. I was, cause you know, I also like hid mine for a long time because, you know, you think my whole life, no one ever knew, or, you know, my whole life, I didn't identify as someone who had this diagnosis and now I have it and people might not know. And I don't know if I want to go into conversation and explain it to them. And I'm still trying to process that I am a type one diabetic. So when I found the online space too, I think it was just like this sense of relief. Like I felt like my shoulders kind of like relaxed and I was like, okay, there are other people out there that are feeling what I'm feeling. They're living a similar reality to me and I'm not alone. And I think that feeling of I'm not alone was probably one of the strongest feelings. I think that pulled me into keeping it 100 also. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's I have a great. story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, Lissy, we love you. Yeah. We <laughs> but yeah, do. I agree. You know, there's a lot of faces and a lot of voices and a lot of, you know, professionals and people out there, but really finding the ones that are authentic and align with you is is part of that too. Um, so, you know, we love you and we're happy that you found us. So tell us what that experience was like. How was it going through Keeping It 100, our signature program? Oh, Keeping It 100 was definitely game changing to me. I don't know where I would be if I hadn't found her when I did. I found the program like the same week that I was prescribed with uh, fast acting insulin before meals and for corrections. I was doing like the first module of the program. And um, I have I had no idea what a card was or what protein looked like. I remember my one-to-one with Jess. Um, she was just telling me, <laughs> I would tell her food and she would tell me if it was fat, protein, fiber, carb. Because I didn't know. I had no idea. Then uh, she teached us how to uh, count those carbs and the proteins and, you know, all the effects of the different types of meals. So that was uh so eye-opening to me I didn't know you could manage and navigate food that way and it made such a difference for me in my management um it was amazing I remember I was (laughs) I was carrying a notebook with a food journal because I was logging everything I ate and I had I had them both uh, Jessica and Lucy looked through it to see if I was like counted correctly and they would help me tweak where I need it. So just with the food part and how to manage your your bolusing, that was it completely introduced me to a whole new world. But then uh she has support in so many other ways, like exercise or navigating sleep or everything else that you teach us and how it all impacts and how to make it work for you. And I just learned so much. It changed my life. Uh, I felt in control of what I was doing maybe for the first time since I was diagnosed because, you know, my doctor goes like, uh, inject this. And if it doesn't work the next day, I just add two more, <laughs> two units more. And I'm like, okay, but you know, Lisi actually takes the time to break it down and explain it to you and tell you why and tell you how and tell you when. And the best part is like, she's never going to judge you or she's never going to force you into like this is how you have to do it and she was like okay so this is what will work but also this but if you're not comfortable with this we can navigate that and that kind of support I had not seen or felt or received 
anyway so yes everyone listening to me just enroll enroll in <laughs> oh my gosh that was so good um yeah i i think you know when we're diagnosed it's very like black and white but you're right like there's so much more that goes into that like our behaviors our mindset the way we understand how these foods affect our body and our blood sugars. And then also how like stress and all these external things, right. Our menstrual cycle, if we're hydrated, I think those are pieces that aren't necessarily navigated with someone or there's not a lot of spaces to navigate. Um, so how did you feel, you know, with the access and the insulin therapy and the supplies and the way that you manage your diabetes, how did you feel going through the program? with you know everything that you had access to and everything you were using at that time so at the time i was just uh prescribed the, the fast acting so i think in that way it was just perfect timing because um if i had been um doing the fast acting insulin therapy before i i wouldn't have you know Maybe I would have doubted her tips and her um, the way she she taught us how to carb count and dose. Um, so I think in that way I, I entered just in the right moment because I did it along with her. I I completely dismissed the doctor's instructions because I just didn't feel safe. The doctor was giving me um, a, a set value like she would be for your breakfast. It's gonna be a set of six units and for your lunch is going to be a set of eight units but i had just learned with lizzie and jessica how to carb count and how to find my own um insulin to carb ratios and uh i had just done that exercise and then i was given these instructions that didn't align with what i had just learned and i'm not telling anyone to dismiss their doctor <laughs> and you know because that's a very personal choice an experience for everyone but um in my case i had just learned all of these uh techniques and i was like okay if i follow these instructions i'm gonna have to be eating so many carbs in lunch and dinner to cover for this dose and i don't want that i i mean that would mean more insulin more money because insulin is expensive and i would also put on so much weight <laughs> and i started um i started navigating that with uh, what I had learned in the program. And it's been amazing. Like when I started uh, keeping it 100, my A1C was like 9.7 or 9.8. I'm not sure. Uh, and then just following all of the, the program, I managed to lower it to 7.3, I think in three months. And that was definitely following uh, keeping it 100 um, instructions and, and tips and models, not, necessarily with what my doctor had prescribed because it, I just didn't feel it aligned with what I was doing. Yeah. And I think that's great. And that freedom of making diabetes like work for you and having that like ability to have more of like an individualized diabetes management plan that works mm -hmm. for you. And yeah, I think, yeah, there's all the strategies and tools that come with you know, and then you kind of make it fit into your life and what feels good and aligned. And I'm so happy that you were able to find that. Yes, I'm so happy I found the program. I 
I'm sorry. I would do it so many times over and over again. And um, it was great. And uh, she also taught me about uh, different apps that exist that give you graphs. And I had never seen a meter do a graph for me. So uh, she helped me uh, navigate all those different aspects of technology that maybe my doctor didn't know about or they're not available here. So um, it definitely impacted my management a lot and for the better. Yeah, that's great. Um, So looking back at, you know, where you were at the beginning of your journey and where are you today? Like, how are you feeling in your management? Like, what are, what is that feel like today? So today, I see period all started when all I cared about was hiding my diagnosis or not having to deal with it. Because I remember at first when when it was like we could say easy to manage because I only needed insulin once a day, I wouldn't even carry my meter. I felt completely defeated by having to carry that ugly thing with me everywhere. Uh, but then slowly, you know, when I found that I could buy my own supplies when I'm uh, online or, or that I had options beyond what was sold here that helped me, um, that helped me feel more like it was me doing it for me. So I had a prettier meter. I had a prettier bag for my meter. (laughs) And, um, then that was like the first part. And then when I found, um, keeping it 100, the program, I completely felt empowered in the decisions that I was taking because before the program, I was like, I'm never going to travel. I'm never going to, you know, uh, try these new things or because I don't, I don't want to deal with how complicated it's going to be. But now after the program, I went to Africa a few months ago and it was amazing. I managed to keep uh, my levels steady in the different climates, different foods, uh, the try, trial and error methods that Lizzie uh, teaches us how it's okay to you know just try new things and see how it works for us so it was definitely uh freeing for me because it made my management my own so that's like the most important thing that the program gave me and exactly what I needed because I, I had no control and I had no idea what I was doing and after the program I feel so much more in control and so much comfortable with taking um this into my own hands and making my own decisions. Oh, I want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It, it, I mean, yeah, you know, you are so confident and I was new as a coach onto the Neils and Spoons team when you went through our program and it was so fun. And I always love seeing, you know, how people come into the program, where they're at, how their mindset is, how they're experiencing their management. And then to see them at the end, it's like this glowing, thriving, you know, empowered person. And I think that's the most beautiful part. And then having that support and community. And it was so fun to work with you. I miss you all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So you and I are now really good friends. So we talk all the time, but I definitely miss seeing you weekly on those calls because we had such a fun time and your energy is just fun to be around. And you have some good humor with you. So <laughs> I always oh, love that too. Thank you. You can squeeze me in a, in a call anytime you want. I would love to go back to them. <laughs> um, 
Is there, okay, so before we get to you sharing some words of wisdom, is there anything else that you want to share with the community? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe <laughs> letting everyone know you're not alone. Like needles and spoons is what worked for me. And it was completely a lifesaver. But uh, I'm sure there are, is a program or a community or a character out there that's going to give you clarity because I was looking for management, but maybe someone that has management under control wants to do bodybuilding. And there are so many bodybuilders out there with their programs um, aimed specifically for muscle building and diabetes. So maybe that's what you're looking for. And if you're feeling, uh, that there's nothing out there for you just just try looking for it it's probably out there and if not you can follow lizzie's journey she didn't find what she wanted so she made it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um anything else any words of wisdoms you want to share or even like advice for people who may be in similar shoes as you or someone who's newly diagnosed or diagnosed as a young adult so my words of wisdom are enroll in Kipnet 100. That's the best <laughs> you can do. Like, honestly, I, I don't know where I would be or if it's, I, I, if I think back, it's scary. Like what would have happened to me or where I would be standing or all the complications that I think could have happened to me if I didn't know everything that I know now, thanks to the program. Like I remember in one of our calls, um, one of the girls was like, oh my God, this information could literally save our lives. Why our doctors aren't telling us this? And we were all, you know, baffled at what was, what was being presented in that uh, specific module. So I don't know why this is not the education that we get from our physicians or from the nurse that's supposed to teach you how to inject. Like, you know, they just give you this little softball. They teach you how to do the dosing and good luck. And there are so many aspects to this condition. And the program is so complete in uh, tackling all of those aspects that it it was definitely uh, what made a difference for me in between feeling comfortable with my uh, condition and my management versus not feeling it. So yeah, that's my words of wisdom, just enroll. (laughs) And if you have doubts, just ask Lisi for a one-to-one. This is not a paid, (laughs) you know, sponsored ad or anything. Just just enroll from the bottom of my heart, enroll. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we love you. And it's really fun, you know, you and I talking right now, like I'm also a past client of the same program. And I think it just goes to show that the support and the tools and strategy really are universal. So whatever you're using for technology, whatever your therapy looks like, you know, wherever you are and wherever you are in that journey, whether you just got diagnosed, whether you've been diagnosed or had diabetes for 15, 20 years, I think having those strategies can feel empowering really at any point. And, you know, I was three years in when I decided that I needed to find deeper support and, 
yeah, here we are on this podcast sharing our journeys and how we feel empowered. So it's just so beautiful um, what that confidence and empowerment and mindset could really look like. So we are so grateful to have had you join us. We love you so much. And this was such a great conversation to have. And I hope that it really helps a lot of people who can really connect with you know your journey and where you've been and where you are. And thank you again for joining us. Of course. I, I loved it too. It was amazing. And I love feeling part of the Keep It At 100 family. So <laughs> You are in the fam. <laughs> it was great. I hope we could do this again soon. Yes. Sounds good. All right. We will talk soon. And thank you again and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye.